This week on Own Your Business, I'll be talking with Katie Taylor Jacobson about the power of social proof. We'll discuss what it is and how does it work, different kinds of social proof, where most wedding pros mess up testimonials, and the most compelling ways to use social proof on your website. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Let's talk about social proof. I want to start off by saying, and you know me, I use a lot of very specific words. I'm very precise with my language. I love the term social proof. What do you mean you love the term social proof? I don't know because it encapsulates everything that I'm talking about. But when I use the term social proof, I think sometimes the person who's looking at me, and there's obviously just you looking at me (laughs) now, but (laughs) there are ears that are listening to me. They're like, what the hell is this guy talking about social proof? Right. You spend a ton of time working with social proof. Why don't you tell us what's your take on social proof? It's really just a way of like a stamp of approval from other people in the world that whatever it is, the product, the service, the company is legit, trustworthy, safe. Yeah. And so, I mean, it comes in, there's lots of different types of social proof, but the reason why social proof is so important is because people, buyers like to look to people who look like them, talk like them, act like them, that they trust. And if they see that they trust another person, then they can kind of make that connection. And this is the behavioral science program that I'm in. We'd refer to this as herd effect, that humans are willing victims to the herd mentality. We like to think that we're not. We're like, oh, yeah, I like to go against the grain. That's me. I like to be different and stand out, be unique, whatever it may be. We may think that we like that. And sometimes we do. But most of the time, we like to feel protected. We like to feel safe and reassured that everything's going to be okay. We're in the middle of researching for a trip and we're both looking at restaurants and I immediately get sucked in by the social proof and Sam could care less what other people have had as an experience with somebody. So it's funny. Yeah, we we did hear that over and over again, right? I'd be like, okay, so what did you find in Venice? And you're like, well, here's this restaurant. Here's the name. It got 4.8 stars. This blogger wrote about it. You know, it was in the New York Times foodie section. (laughs) (laughs) Sam's like... How much did it cost? That's my first thing. I'm like, what's the ballpark price that we're talking about? Where is it located in proximity to our hotel? I have such a different level of criteria. Right. I'm like, this is totally what couples go through, by the way, when they're looking for wedding services, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she's Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know. Their portfolio is pretty. That bride on the cover looked amazing. And the guy is, well, not always the guy, but in this scenario is like, how much does it cost? Uh Uh-huh. Well, and it's true. It's an added element of complexity when you're looking at purchase decisions.
decisions for the wedding industry, it's even harder than you would imagine because you have two people or more that are involved in it with different ways of, of looking at it. But all people, including me at the end, want to know, okay, is this the least risky choice that we could take? Or is this at least not a risky choice? Is the reward worth the risk? Right. And that's what your couples are thinking about when they go through and they look at choosing your services. In fact, we know through Neil Rackham's studies and studies that have been done since that providing reassurance at the very end of the decision-making process is the most important thing that you can do because risk is at the top of the mind of the buyer when it comes to criteria for choosing one person over the other. So if we know how important it is that we provide that reassurance, we have to look at ways to prove that we are good. And the best way to do that is by getting other people uh, could be friends or family, other people, like you said, who are like them. Whatever the situation is, we want those who are making the decision to look at others that are in the similar spot and go, you know what? There's power in the proof. They had a good experience. This, this authority says that it's a good choice. Whatever it may be, that makes me feel better. And because of that, I'm now actually ready to take the risk and sign the contract and send the money in. Yeah, and I kind of misspoke. It's not just somebody who looks like them and acts like them or what have you. It's somebody that they trust, a source that they trust, whether that be their contemporary or somebody that they look up to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you'll see that play out on websites in particular in lots of different ways. And I assume you'll maybe want to go through those today. Uh, yeah, I think so. We want you to get a good understanding, like going back to, again, this very technical term of social proof, the herd effect. Really what we're talking about are things like testimonials. We're talking about reviews, being selected to be published in something or being on a who's who's list. Somebody who is a, an expert or an authority in your field providing a recommendation. Those are those are probably the most common forms of social proof. Any other big ones in there that you can think of that mm. that we see in websites or, or social media? Um, the only other one that I don't think is necessarily always seen as social proof, but it really is, is something called a backlink. So like in a blog post where you might give a mention to a particular vendor and then link back to their website, that's actually a form of social proof. It's mm-hmm. showing that as an authority or as this person as an authority saying like this person is, is worth working with. There's lots of different ways to show it. And one of the things that we want to keep in mind is, you know, when we talk about the idea of decision-making process when it comes to these, these complex sales transactions, the decision-making process, it has a lot of stages that are involved. And in fact, if you look at the number of stages, you can break them down into many stages. And ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the person who's interested in buying our services, who's, who's involved in uh, making the decision, we want them to feel like they can move on to the next stage. The more we provide that reassurance at each transition point, the more they are likely to carry on with their decision to move towards buying your services. And so we want to look at these as a series of little micro commitments that we're hoping to get them to make. And I think that one of the big challenges is, and this is what we really want to focus on, today and kind of the one big idea for this particular episode, you have to do more than you ever imagined to get people to feel reassured that it is a good bet for you to provide that service for them. And it's not just one time and that's good. You've got to do it 
tons of times and at various stages along the way. On websites in particular, there are certain places where you'll see things like someone will have like as featured in logos and badges and so forth. And I've had clients as I've worked with them through their website, they're like, but we already use that on the homepage, you know, but not everybody made it all the way down to that section of the homepage. It's okay to use it again on the about page. It's okay to use it again on the portfolio page because not everyone is following the same buyer's journey on your website. Right. Right. They're all getting through different doors. They're not not all going through the front door. They're mostly going through the side door or any number of ways into the, the website. On the flip side of that, I've had clients who have said, look at all of my bag of tricks. Look at all of the awards I right. have hit, hit, it, hit them over the head approach. I mean, you guys have seen this. You go into somebody's website and there's like 45 awards of some, you know, especially photographers, you guys have like amazing awards and it's great, but it's like, pick your top five that your buyers would resonate most with it. Your buyers really care about and feature those things. You definitely want to use, you know, at least when it comes to to badges and so forth, you you definitely want to use them. Testimonials, use them, use them in different places on your website. Because like Sam said, everybody's coming onto your site in a different way and you want to make sure they're seeing the right social proof at the right time. So let's go through and let's talk about some of the riskiest areas where we find the need for social proof. Mm. Anytime that you're looking at making a decision to move forward with the process, there's some risk involved. Should I do this thing? It could be inquire. It could be click. It could be continue reading. You know, I I talk about in, in the sales process, for instance, that whenever we talk about money like we present our pricing for instance it's like they're in you know the 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 reader the person who's going through that proposal or hears that price all of a sudden is like wow that's a lot no matter how much it is that you charge it's still a lot for them even if you only charge a thousand dollars for photography when was the last time you bought photography services for a thousand dollars that's a lot of money so what you've got to do is you've got to reverse that panic that fear that anxiety concern doubt that it's a good idea to even consider moving forward in in the process with some reassurance and so that's a very detailed example of the kind of opportunity that your sales process has to provide assurance that it's okay to continue to move forward. It's okay to spend that kind of money with you. Sam was just saying, anytime you're asking them to take that next step, I think a lot of people don't think about a call to action button on your homepage, for example, being an actual next step, but it is, you're actually asking them to physically do something to stay on your site longer. And so right at that point, that friction point of, uh, do I want to invest any more time or energy or effort into this, you know, supplier, you need to give them some sort of form of social proof to let them know that like, yes, this is a good decision. This is going to be worth your time. This is the next step you can trust. Yeah. Because people don't want to waste their time. Time is the absolute most precious commodity that we have. So whether it's it's money, um, which is certainly a time to offer that reassurance, or if it's a, an additional time commitment, could be not just clicking a button, it could be filling out a form, it could be getting on a phone call, could be reviewing a proposal. Whatever is going to take their time is something that you've got to make sure that you're paying attention to and providing that, that reassurance. So here's a real sophisticated question. And let's see if you kind of get where I'm leading. It's not just 
providing a testimonial, for instance, after a call to action. But if you really want to get good at it, you would provide a specific kind of testimonial to provide that reassurance. And so how are people able to connect the concern with the risk by using social proof in a way that's going to connect the dots for the person who's reading or going through the the buyer's journey. I wish you guys could see me right now because I have my eyes slightly squinted because when he was like, let's see if you figure this out. (laughs) Katie's on the hot seat. I was like, where is he going to go with this? So in copy, whatever message you're putting out there in your whatever section of your website you're on, whatever copy you're putting out there, if you're going to be using a testimonial, for example, at that point of friction, you want that testimonial, you want that quote from a customer to tie back to whatever it was that you just said. It's like a stamp of approval or an affirmation that yes, what you just said is actually true. And the reason it's true is because this particular couple experienced this with you and you knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. Did I win? Did I get 100%. it right? Ding, 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 ding. I'm like, I'm it's, ra- it's raining huh. confetti over here. <laughs> I'm throwing popcorn at Katie. <laughs> because that's something that I like. I know that you and our copywriting team, for instance, like this is just second nature for you. This is like breathe in, breathe out, breathe right, in, breathe right. out. You know that you have to put a testimonial after every call to action, after any time that you're asking them to click through to something. And also anytime we talk about pricing, you're always putting out some kind of social proof could be a testimonial, could be number of reviews that they had, could be badges, could be an award that they won, but something, right? Right. Something. Now, this is the key though, is that it's not just putting something out there. It's putting the right thing out there. Most testimonials that we see are absolute garbage. Katie was incredible. We loved working with her. She was absolutely a dream to have as our vendor. Thank you, Katie. Yeah. My photos were so beautiful. Okay. That could be on anybody's website. Right. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're taking the testimonials and not just putting something out there, but putting something that's absolutely incredible and incredibly connected to that concern or desire that you're trying to make. To be clear, testimonials don't just have to come from your couples. They can also come from people you work with. And so another example of this is if on your about page, for example, you start talking about uh, the fact that collaboration is one of your values. It's something that you really um, hold dear and fast and that you really value the relationships with the other people that you work with in the industry. Well, drum roll, that's a perfect spot to drop in a testimonial from a vendor that you have a great relationship with. If you have a little spot where there's a a carousel in your website and you're like, yep, there we go. Dropped in my three testimonials. Check that one off the list. That is not what we're talking about. We're just missing so many other opportunities. Here's one that's low hanging fruit for you to pick and fill your basket with. Put a testimonial on your proposal. I kid you not. I do proposal audits all the time. And I would say probably seven out of 10, maybe even more have zero social proof on it whatsoever. It's it's like an about bio, my belief, the packages and pricing, and then, you know, all the cart menu items, and then some links to a gallery. And that's it. I'm like, there's no social proof here whatsoever. So use it, use it more often than you ever think. And when you're going through and you're picking out what kind of testimonials you want to put in there, look at ways to connect 
what the concern is that your reader has at that particular point that you need to offer the social proof, the reassurance for. Katie offered an example on collaboration. Here's another one of my favorites, especially when you mention price on your website. We recommend to most wedding pros that they put a starting at price on the bottom, near the bottom of their services page. You build up the value with what it is that you're offering and how that helps the client. That's what your services page really focuses on. And then you mention for all of this, you know, amazing value that I just listed out, prices start at X dollars. Now you just scared them. Right. So now you now you got to provide some reassurance. And so the kind of reassurance that you would want to provide is not, you know, Sam was absolutely amazing for our wedding. We're so glad we hired him. Like, that's not the quote. But that's what you'll often see people put. Right. 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 We don't want to do that. What we want to do is we want to put something in there like I would have paid double if I would have known how amazing the experience was, not just the images right. or, you know, the, it was priceless to not feel overwhelmed on not just the big day, but any day leading up to it says somebody about a planner or whatever it may be. You're using the concern that they have spending a lot of money and you're reassuring them with something that is a piece of social proof that specifically relates to that fear. Now we're not going to get into how you get testimonials or any of that, but you guys, you can't make this up. <laughs> so Sam was just giving you a couple of examples, but you don't get to write that down and add that onto your no, website. That actually needs it. to it's come from a real couple. Completely unethical to make up. <laughs> in, in fact, I'll leave with one little fun tip here before we sign off. And that is that you can increase the sincerity and believability of testimonials by attaching not just a name, but also a photograph to the testimonial. There's, you know, studies that show it could be, you know, upwards of five or six times more believable if you have a name and a photo that are there. Other ways, if you really want to up it, you can do video testimonials, um, which is about the most authentic that you could get. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's video testimonials or testimonials with photos or without or as seen in with badges or backlinks or any other form of social proof, recognize that what you're currently doing right now is not nearly enough. It needs to be in your social media. It needs to be on every single page of your website multiple times. It needs to be in your sales proposal and you need to offer it in the form of stories or even opportunities to uh, reach out to past clients during the sales process. You know, if there's one actionable step that you could take, go through your website right now. And most of you have control of your content management system. So get on there, find your 10 best testimonials and drop them onto your site. Go through where you see buttons or other calls to action or pricing or on your contact page, please, for the love of all that is important in booking more business, put some social proof on your contact page right below the submit button so that people feel reassured when they're on your site. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 